Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happenings. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes, that, that seems to be the decision. All down. Road. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the Be Cool Radiator Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another edition of Horsepower Happenings. A lot to talk about, a lot to uh, get on to. We're a day late and a dollar short, but that's okay. We had a really big uh, weekend, and we're going to talk about all of that coming up in just a moment. First, here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. NASCAR crowned some champions over the weekend. It started on Friday night, the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. What a race. What a... I didn't say it was a good race. I just said, what a race. Uh, go back and watch it for yourself, but I'll tell you this. Christian Eckes wins the race. Ben Rhodes, after the drama, picks up the championship. Uh, 2023 champion, his second of his career. Then on Saturday, the NASCAR Xfinity Series Oh, I see what we did here. Now, Rich puts these scripts together. I'm going to let you behind the scenes a little bit. He put Saturday Trucks, Saturday Xfinity. It's because it took the truck race so damn long to get done, it rolled into Saturday. Well played, Rich France. Well played. Uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series also on Saturday. Cole Custer gets the job done. Uh, he walks it off with a race win and the championship. And then on Sunday for the NASCAR Cup Series, the Watermelon Man, Ross Chastain. Despite Ryan Blaney's best efforts to move him out of the way, he will win the race. Ryan Blaney uh, holds off a fierce battle from the number five machine and Kyle Larson to pick up the 2023 championship. Bobby Pierce was crowned the 2023 World of Outlaws Case Construction Late Model Champion, his first of his career. That took place at the dirt track at Charlotte this weekend. RTJ went to victory lane in the finale. And Brad Sweet... Winner of the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Championship, his fifth in his career. And those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. The yawns aren't done yet. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, we ended up postponing the show yesterday because now I came home Sunday night, much to my wife's disgruntlement, but I was ready to sleep in my own bed, got home about 2 a.m., had Monday off of work, so I slept until about noon. I got a text from you about quarter to four local time, and you said, can we please postpone? <laughs> what a long weekend down in Nashville, huh? Yeah, we had a good time, though. I just I made the choice, you know, finally, after we got all the work done, decided to join a bunch of our media friends down on Broadway when I had to drive, you know, eight hours home. The next day so i said you know what you only live once right so, yolo yo once so yeah. uh went down there and then uh i was just out of gas 
yesterday. Yeah. Trying naturally. to get home and just ran out of gas and um, said, I, I need a night's sleep and I can do this show tomorrow. There you go. That's, so thank you. That's good <laughs> enough for us. And uh, I tell you what, I, I even having been home early, didn't really have the gas to do a show yesterday. So, uh, But you know what it did is it gave us an opportunity to kind of push things back. And we're glad we did because Blockbuster News today, Rich, the High Limit Sprint Car Series is now changing names. They've announced some details for 2024. And exactly what we thought was going to happen, the World of Outlaw Sprint Car Tour has some legitimate, legitimate boxing partners here in 2024. Yeah, it is no longer a weekly let's go have some fun and race for some money show. The High Limit uh, Sprint Car Series, Zach, is now High Limit Racing. That's what it's called, and they have now uh, moved in. It's announced today that they are going to be a national sprint car tour in 2024. Um, more than 50 events are planned as part of the 2024 schedule. And, Zach, we remember uh, the recently merged when they purchased uh, – the all-star circuit of champions. Well, that's a merger now into the high limit racing brand. So all-star circuit of champions, not so much anymore when there's 50 races going on nationally. Pretty disappointing. Uh, I know a lot of folks were hoping that they would keep the all-star circuit of champions name, the rich history that comes with the all-star circuit of champions. Maybe they just have a, uh, may maybe high limit racing is the legal name and they have a DBA for all-star. I don't, I don't know, rich, uh, are we too? What's in a name? <laughs> I guess is the question. What's in a name? There's a lot of history in the name. That's that's one place I want to start. Well, as many as many. That's true. But it, when you're talking planning 50 races, um, how many times did the All Stars run last year? You're not going to run 80. You're just not going to run 80 races. So it's just not in the cards. There aren't enough dates for them to do that. Especially, you know, Brad Sweet announced he's going to run the whole series right every night. So what's that leave him? Uh, Kyle Larson has other responsibilities, so he can't be there with Cup and such. So there's no way they're going to do that. It's going to be 50 races, and the uh, I believe the All-Star Circuit of Champions gets absorbed into that. $5 million prize money, a million-dollar point fund, $250,000 to the champion, midweek money series uh, with a $100,000 point fund. Does the World of Outlaws have a leg to stand on is my question right now. Um, obviously I think they now, they just wrapped up their season officially rich. They now have a really big task on their hand. And that is to, uh, in a way, clap back, if you will, or really just uh, quite frankly, respond. Now you have to put your best foot, your best marketing foot forward, your best race, um, discussion foot forward, how do you get these customers to, to stay loyal to the world of outlaws? And I think that the answer lies within the problem. You're not going to get 45 and 50 cars showing up all season long to these high limit races. And so those 20 cars who can't make the field on a regular basis probably become world of outlaw competitors. I don't know though. Well, they, they could be, but I mean, you know what world of outlaws did with dirt vision, got in bed with them. Right. And, um, you know, now Flow Racing is a partner of High Limit Racing. Um, they have part ownership in that now. Yeah. And they just signed a new multi-year agreement with Flow Racing. So that's awfully familiar to what <laughs> World of Outlaws has going, right? Yeah. So it is that their target competition? You got to believe it, right? Right. Now, I, well, and it sure seems like it. So 
I don't know. A um, lot of people excited. A lot of people, listen, when your fifth champion of the World of Outlaws says, and no surprise, right, when he says, hey, I'm going to go run my series. It's been real. It's been fun. But deuces. Um, I think you got to, I think if you're the World of Outlaws, if you're World Racing Group, you're at least a little bit nervous, right? Um, I don't know. I, I think the World of Outlaws, they have their, they have their own brand. You know, they've, they've developed that brand over the years into a quality brand of racing. I, I, we all watch it, right? We, I mean, we all watch it. And if, if they were around more often, we'd go to it. Um, but I just think now, I think there's a way to fit around it. And I just think it gives sprint car fans more options, which is never a bad thing. All right. Let's talk about what we accomplished this weekend, Rich. Uh, moving on from this dirt sprint car scene, All-American 400 weekend. Started unofficially on Friday with the uh, Nashville Fairground Speedway local divisions in action. And then, Rich, that moved right on into Saturday where uh, we had you, had, you had more duties than I did, but we had two really fun races to cover with the Jags CRA All-Stars Tour and the, uh, the CRA Street Stocks powered by Jags. Most exciting thing about Saturday was the Nashville Pro Late Model Championship battle. The race is not bad, but not anything to write home about. But, Rich, um, that Nashville Championship, that Pro Late Model points battle, that really was the captivating part of Saturday's action. Yeah, I think, if, you know, you go back there, and and obviously after watching it, if if I would have told you beforehand, Zach, that when it, when it comes down to money time, it's going to be Dylan Fetcho, Jackson Boone, and Chase Berta battling for the win. Um, would you have believed me? <laughs> I tell you what, and I was up there in the booth with John Nix, and and we called that action, and you can hear it in the Racing America, America broadcast where I have the epiphany of Dawson Sutton, Dylan Fetcho, Jackson Boone, all 3-2-1 in the points, 1-2-3 on the racetrack, and John and I just looked at each other like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, this is this is a dream right now. This is as intense as it gets, and and Rich, it, it never slowed down. Dawson Sutton got the lead uh, at one point with Dylan Fetchell riding in fourth behind Jackson Boone, who was in third. Chase Berta is second, and then all of a sudden, Jackson pulls the trigger. He knows he's got to get around uh, Berta. He knows he has to get around Sutton if he's going to win this championship and try to keep Dylan behind him. Gets around Chase, gets to his inside off of four and down the front straightaway, clears him into one, slides up into Chase's lane, and wide open door for Dylan Fetcho, who gets around Berta. Whether I, I think it's just two guys coming together for the same real estate. Boone's coming down, Fetcho sliding up. The right fronts and left rears come together. Fetcho with an incredible save. When you look at this, he's doing 90-plus miles an hour, locks that thing down, keeps it out of the wall, doesn't spin out. Fetcho drives on. Uh, Boone loses a spot to Berta, gets it back. Fetcho drives up on a restart, takes the lead, brings Jackson with him. The championship finale finished on the racetrack the same way that they did in the championship points. Yeah. yeah, in the championship points as well. Fetcho wins. He wins the championship by one measly little point, Rich. And uh, Dawson Sutton has a tire go down and, and is out of the picture late in the race. That was the most that was one of the most intense races in the form of what 
every pass meant something, right? Yeah, exactly. And and I was I was down on pit road, so the coolest thing to me was I couldn't keep track. No. So yeah. I, so so I had my in-house statistician. There you go. Uh, Jonathan Ramos, one of the house announcers there, he was on my hip. And every other lap, he was telling me, the points changed by this. The points changed by and – and he was so accurate on it, you were asking for the information. <laughs> I was. I was. <laughs> and, and, you know, at one point, Rich, thank goodness uh, we had communication with each other because I'm going over the stats, and I'm – you know, the Fetcho could possibly join the names – of, of Cuckoo Marlin, Sterling Marlin, Bobby Hamilton Sr., a list of other names from Nashville that are, are going to be going down in history. But I have no idea. And we're coming to five to go, and I'm like, gosh, I don't know how I'm going to set this up as a broadcaster. And then I hear Rich. Uh, Jonathan says, it doesn't matter where Boone finishes. If Dylan wins, he wins the championship. All right, that's all I needed. <laughs> that's perfect. That's perfect. I wanted, I wanted to get that to you for the run to the finish so you were very clear on what was going to happen because Dylan was leading. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So, um, also, uh, congratulations. Uh, I don't know if anybody caught this. Dylan Fetcho wins the Pro Late Model Race. Dylan Oliver wins the uh, CRA Street Stock Race. So, Dylan's night was Saturday night. Then Sunday, Rich, the ASA Stars National Tour. <clears throat> Let's see if I still remember how to do this. 39th running of the Curb Records, Big Machine Vodka Spike Coolers, All-American 400, presented by U.S. Tank, was Sunday afternoon in Nashville. How'd I do? <laughs> the, round of, the round of applause. Round of applause. I love it. I love it. What a race on Sunday, huh? I, I left that in. I left that in Nashville. I couldn't have told you a minute ago what that. Yeah, I'm having was. nightmares about that race name. So talk about the uh, talk about it. Uh, Sunday All American 400, one of the biggest fields we've seen in our time down there. Yeah, and I think what was what was really weird at the beginning, Zach, if you remember, it was qualifying. Um, four of the first five guys that went out qualifying stayed in the top yeah, five. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You were down right on pit road. Right, and you're down on pit road looking to interview guys as they enter into the top five in qualifying. You hurried up and interviewed two through five, and it took, what, 30 cars before Stephen Nassie finally cracked into the top five? Crack, cracked into the top five. <laughs> I don't know why it was like that. Um, it's not, and it's not like those cars that were in the top five, you know, weren't any good. You know, Willie Allen put put it on the pole. Uh Derek First car out. There. How many times have you ever seen that in your career? First yeah. car on the racetrack. I see it and, all the and time. Held, and it held up. Held Listen, up. I see that all the time in dirt, right, because you hit the racetrack and it's as good as it's ever going to be. Never in pavement. Never in pavement is the first car out there going to hold the pole. Well, he did. He did. But he And he had a good lap, right? I mean, yeah. it was a – but he was good all weekend. And he was good through all the practice sessions. He was at the top uh, or near the top. So it didn't surprise me, but it, I, I thought there would be somebody up there that would challenge Willie Allen a lot more than uh, than what the rest of the field did. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, the race unfolds. Damn good race. Um, lap 100 clicks by. End of the first stage. Rich, you and I are patrolling pit road. You have the top five to eight guys on your end of pit road. I've got time at Jeske, which was great. But I end up with all the guys who started at the back of the field, and then all of a sudden we're in the front of the field, um, which was a lot of fun. I'm talking about Ty Majeski, Michael Hine from 24th to the top 10 by the end of stage one. Hello. Um, the 44 car who's, who's Jeremy named, Doss. Thank you, Jeremy Doss. Uh, Jake Garcia back there. Jordan Riddick. Hats off yeah. to Jordan Riddick. That dude was running second 
at the time of the hashtag All American Oil Slick. Um, so you know, hats off to him, Rich. Uh, let's the first two hundred laps of that race, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, it really was, and and there was strategy involved because the first caution, some guys came down for their right side tires, some of the leaders didn't. So right away after the first caution, strategies were mixed up. Yeah, right. Everybody was off sequence. You had you had several guys off sequence. They didn't wait because they. I I was. I think they were gambling on another caution and not going through a 75 lap competition caution uh, because I don't think they wanted to be out there on 150 lap tires. That, that, that couldn't have been the case, but the strategy started bright and early uh, with the first caution and it continued throughout the race. And it was still a heck of a race. You look inside that top 10 who was up there uh, right before the restart that made history. And, um, it was quite amazing, the guys who were running in that top 10. I, I wouldn't have known who was going to win the race. Ty Majeski, Jordan Riddick, Bubba Pollard, uh, Stephen Nassi, just to name a few. There's four uh, of the guys who were running in the top 10. Let's talk about it, Rich. We can't dodge this bullet forever. Lap 211 comes around. There's a restart. And uh, within this restart, Cole Butcher, let's not forget, he blew a tire early in this race, like lap six or seven. Cole Butcher has a tire go down. He's a lap down, gets the free pass. He's stuck at the back of the pack. This car just is not as good as it once was. Go ahead. He did not get the free pass because he got a two-lap penalty for stopping. That's right. That's right. So so Cole Butcher effectively was gone after he got that penalty because – Well, you can get the free pass even after you get a penalty. Even after you but, get that penalty. But the leader was said – Majeski, and, and I think he was out there set up – he worked his way up there. They were putting cars a lap down that were all going to get a free pass ahead of faster than Cole he would have. Yeah, you're yeah, exactly right. You're exactly Cole right. Because Butcher was two laps down due to the penalty. You're exactly right. The other and, guys were just going a lap down. And after that, that car was never the same. Cole never no. had the speed to get back up front where he qualified. Um, so there's that. There's that nugget. Uh, lap two eleven. Green flag waves. Everybody takes off down into turn one except for. The car ahead of Albert Francis Jr. Um, that car stacks up. Albert stacks up. And, of course, unfortunately, the last car in line is Cole Butcher. Wham, pow, bang, into the back of Francis's car. Folds the hood up, takes the radiator out, and apparently... Oil cooler. Apparently, yeah. thank you, knocks the oil cooler off of this car. Um, the car is still moving, right? The car is still rolling. It, it, it clearly has damage. Sparks are coming out from under it, and, and the slightest bit of steam is coming out from under this car. Clearly damaged, uh, clearly limping around in the racing groove, we might add. Uh, did not ever make an attempt to pull down to the apron. Cars come around, complete lap 212. Get to turn one. As Ty Majeski gets to turn one, the caution lights are engaged, Rich, and it's too late. Uh, Ty is already into the fluid that was put down by Cole Butcher. Majeski... Riddick, Pollard, Nassie, Nassie, uh, just, you know, keep the nice, the same spin all the way through. Wasn't it uh, until they hit the wall? Wasn't it beautiful? They all spun at the same time when they hit the spot. I had to pick my jaw up off of pit road, um, because I heard the crowd gasp and I looked up in time to see Majeski tail slap the wall and seven other cars do the exact same thing. And I just, I, I, I literally, 
had to close my mouth and, and get ready to interview Ty Majeski, who I knew was going to be out of the race and out of a championship hunt. I had no idea what Cole Butcher's situation was. And so, Rich, um, I interviewed Ty Majeski, and he says what everybody across the country instantly was thinking is how does that happen uh, on a national on a national stage? How do $500,000 plus of race cars get torn up in one corner with an oil slicked racetrack? How does that happen? Um, Rich, it's Tuesday morning. It's two days after the race. And I think realistically, we're all still asking that same question. Well, yeah, I mean, well, l- let me let me start with this, Zach, because um, just to be fair, and, and we are fair, and uh, ASA Stars National Tour did release a statement today. Um, they made sure they got up on top of this thing. Not that it tells us anything, but we want to really, re- really uh, release the statement that they released. Um, the ASA Stars National Tour has reviewed and acknowledged the contributing factors of the of the on track racing incident on lap two on the lap two twelve restart of Sunday's All American four hundred at Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway, ASA Stars National Tour strives to maintain the highest standards in short track pavement racing. The situation, circumstances, and results were not of the high standards we strive for. With this, we are revealing all of our reviewing all of our procedures in an effort to maintain continuous improvement. ASA Stars National Tour management. Um, it tells you nothing, right? Nothing. There's nothing in there. Um, we know who is race directing that race. Um, it's not a big secret. If you don't know who it is, then apparently you don't want to know bad enough who is race directing that event. Um, we've, we've been to many events that have been race directed by this, this same person. And it boils down to human error. It boils down to outside contributing factors, and quite frankly, it boils down to um, indecisiveness, right? Is the racetrack safe? We don't have... You look at NASCAR. And, and we, we weren't in the tower either. We okay, weren't in the so tower. We have, no, we, we have, have no clue. context. We, we have, I, I have no context of the conversation that was right, going on. Zero. Right, right. So with that... I mean, anything could have been. You could have had five guys yelling and screaming at each other up there. I don't know. And that, very, and that's just it too. We have no idea, for, which is rare because usually one of us at least is up there uh, for some context clues, and and neither of us were. Um, Rich, I think that I think that much like the NFL, the NHL, the MLB, uh, you have human officials in these spots, and a human error was made. Uh, in delaying the call for a caution flag. And um, much like the the blown call at first base that cost the Detroit Tigers a perfect game back in 09, I think it was. You remember who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, the, the best thing that you can do now is say, we blew it, and we are gut-punched by it, and we are never going to let it happen again. Yeah, it... it- I mean, I'll be straight up with you. I don't care who was up there making the calls. Placing blame doesn't matter to me. Right. I don't. I don't care. I don't care the person's. I, I don't care who. I just. It would be cool to know why. That's right. the only thing. Right. Um. You know. I'm not a race director. Have I race directed? Yes. Not in a situation like that. At that. Not level. at the All American 400. Not at the All American 400. And just watching the replay on TV. 
Um, I went in the Racing America studio and watched it right after the race. I could see the oil. It was there. Now, right, like but you, you knew said, it was oh, right. You knew it was there, and you're looking for it, right? It, 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 it's like you don't have that human reaction time. You don't have. I think of that Tom Hanks movie about the plane flying into the Hudson. You want human reaction, make it human. We're looking for it because we know what the outcome is. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're waiting to see, and you're not expecting that at the time, right? right? All you know is Cole Butcher's still in the groove and he's still moving. And, and remember this. Remember this. This is lap 212 of a race. half of a nose, right? The the front hood is halfway up to the windshield. Remember this. This is lap 212 of a 300-lap race that has been fairly clean. To this point, really clean. Really to clean. this point, we have maybe, yes. maybe three to five cars who are out of the race. So we're talking about 28 to 32 cars still on the racetrack. And of those 28 to 32... 25 of them are exiting turn two, two and three wide, going down the back straightaway at 100 miles an hour. Uh, hello, your focus is now split. You're watching to make sure Cole Butcher doesn't stop. You're watching to make sure nobody else wrecks going into turn three. You're going back and forth, Rich. you got to, you, you know, and then somebody says there might be oil. Okay, boom, caution. Well, guess what? The leaders already made it to one. Yeah, I don't um... – I don't know. I mean, we're in a tough spot, right? I mean, we're. I could. I. I watched exactly right when Cole Busher ate his nose and ate the hood. It was right in front of me, on the front stretch. I could not see the fluids coming out because of the pit road wall. Sure. Because I'm a short guy, and the pit road wall is not as short. Not right, right, right. As tall as me. So I saw the hood buckled, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then I watched him go into turn one and then i just kind of lost where i was at i lost vision sure and i was like okay so i went to look for the back stretch to watch him come out and i glanced up and i see them all sliding into turn one the leaders coming by and that was my vision of it so and my first thought was what the heck happened to majeski that was my first thought and then i looked at the rest of them and i said oh lord and There's i oil. ran down yeah and i did it the fastest rich can run which is <laughs> And I got down there, and um, seven of them all just piled in, sitting down there. And I, and I couldn't believe what I was looking at. I was like, because I went down there to see, oh, who's going to pull away? Who's going to be able to get back in this thing? Not a one of them. Nobody. Not a, well, not for 45 minutes anyway. Yeah. But not a one of them. They were, every single car that went down in turn one was done. It and is. the only one that lucked out was William Sawalich, who was running 10th. And he... His spotter got him off the gas way early, and he tiptoed through that. And what ends up happening? He ends up winning. becomes he the youngest winning. becomes ends the youngest winning. winner of the All American Four Hundred at uh, seventeen years old. X amount of months. X amount of days. And where's the spotter, Zach? That's another thing. Where's the spotters telling him that? Telling the field coming around. Hey, there's there might be something. There there might there be. might be an oil slick in one and two. There yeah. might be. Yeah. Yeah, we just had to stack up on the front stretch, watch yeah. it going into one. And they none of them slowed down. They all sailed it in. I think that <laughs> this is an unprecedented situation, uh, unprecedented in the fact that I saw it shared on Twitter of, I believe it was last year's, uh, if it wasn't the Daytona 500, it was the... Uh, it was maybe a qualifier race where all of a sudden it starts raining in turn one and they wreck the whole field. Denny Hamlin's leading the pack and, and then the whole field wrecks. 
It's not like that. It's not NASCAR. You don't have you don't have uh, track spotters all around the racetrack. Um, you have officials on the front stretch. You have officials in safety trucks. You have an official in the pace car, and that's it. Okay, you don't have spotters all around the racetrack at these ASA Stars National Tour events. Um, I just it, it goes back to what I said earlier. It's a human officiated sport, and human error is a part of human officiated sports. And at any level. At, at any, any at, at any level. level. And much like the overturned touchdown, the missed call at first to ruin a, a perfect game, um, you own it. You you admit. And, and, and here's what I'm saying. that the And again, we have an association to this company by Shirt Tail, and I'm saying that release today missed key factors in them openly admitting that they made a mistake, uh, apologizing for the mistake and uh, stating that it will never happen again. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, you yep. add those three things to that statement, and I think a lot more people are accepting of it. Um, yeah, and, and but I, we, I mean, we know the people involved, and they're not finger pointers. They're not going to say it was his fault or my fault. Or right. Th- th- I mean, but no. As an organization, I think they just need to say the organization. I, we right, as an but organization I think from the outside, when you when from the outside, and you you keep in mind. You had a worldwide streaming audience yeah. watching this. Yeah. Um, that's that's the bad part. This didn't happen at the corner racetrack where the only people that saw it were the thousand people in the stands. Yeah. All right. Um, that's probably the worst thing for it. But but no, what are you going to do? I mean, there, you, you can't fix it afterwards. Obviously, there was somewhere along the line a mistake was made. We don't know where it, when it occurred or where it occurred, but... You know, you, you can't take it back. You wish you had a half a million dollars worth of race cars still, you know, unloading on trailers yesterday or today, but that's not the case. And you go back to <clears throat> who do you point the finger at? Uh, Ty Majeski, obviously, you, you talk about race director. He bears a lot of it. But, again, like you said, you're on the, you're on the front straightaway. You don't see oil. You're in the same vicinity as the safety team who – uh, again, we don't know. We didn't have those radio communications. Did they see oil? Did the flag stand see oil? They had two flag flag persons in the flag stand. Did they see oil? Where were the spotters? Did the spotters not see the oil? Um, really, all of those eyes, and again, we don't have all the radio transmission yet. I'm sure it's being reviewed. If enough people would have started yelling oil, <laughs> I think we could have avoided this. But uh, enough people didn't. It's It's afternoon in Nashville. How hard was it to see? The shade was covering tur- the front straightaway in turn one. I, I, it's, I don't know. We could talk about this till we're blue in the face. As you said, a mistake was made, and guess what? Snowball Derby is next, and those same cars are still on the entry list. They will rebuild. They will race again, and I almost guarantee you that all seven or eight of them will be back at an ASA Stars National Tour race in February. Yeah, you would hope so, right? Um, I'm sure they'll be calling, calling the teams and talking to them as well. Yep. You know, but uh, we didn't have communication. We had we had one way, two way communication with Racing America. That's all we were dealing with. Yep. So which is not like you said, that's normally not the case. One of us knows what's going on. And we were deaf or blind or whatever you want to call it just as well. Being on <laughs> maybe, <pit> both. <laughs> maybe both. Maybe uh, both being on pit road. So we had no- and it wasn't like the it wasn't like that race was, um, you know, caution after caution after caution. It really it wasn't. wasn't. It had really knocked down. I mean, it had clicked. We were off we good. were set to be out of there. We were set to have a checkered yeah. flag on a race yeah. at four o'clock in the afternoon. You know that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was going to be a. Ama- they were clicking the laps off. They. I mean, 
they had two or three competition cautions, which is every 75 laps. Yeah. Green, green flag. So we had those. I think we had one for debris, um, you know, and one for a small wreck. That was it. There wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot. So it was clicking off. So, you know, that wasn't the reason, you know, you, you know, it wasn't, oh man, we've had too many yellows. We need to, because sometimes people can do that, you know, they start talking to the drivers. Come on, guys. We need to get some. We need to run some green flag laps at any racetrack around here. Um, I've been in the car and heard that in my ear when I was driving. You guys don't turn some green flag laps. Um, we're going to park you and let the next division come out. And remember, consistently, consistently across the board with ASA Stars and with CRA, they are not quick to throw a yellow when a car is still moving. Right? I That's mean, true. It, consistently. If a car is still rolling, they are not going to throw a yellow. Um, if the car comes to a stop after an incident, a blown tire, damage, okay, yeah, well, well, to the point where they may even complete the lap if you're out of harm's way. You know what this I mean? Is, this is this is de- this is definitely not World of Outlaws or Lucas Oil Dirt Racing, where it's an one, instant yellow. One guy gets a flat tire, instant yellow. Yeah, yeah, and that's saving him, right? Right. That, that essentially is saving that guy from going a lap And down I say the word consistently. And getting to change his tire and go back to work. And I make sure to include the word consistently because it has been this way in many other instances uh, where, you know, people may say, well, Cole Butcher had extreme damage. Why didn't you throw the yellow? Well, because we've had other cars that have had bad damage. Uh, you know, for instance, Brandon Varney pancaked the wall at Winchester in his Prolate model. And was able to limp it back to the pits. And we didn't have a caution. Because that's just the way <laughs> that consistently CRA and STARS have, have officiated races. And I, don't, I don't think it's tour. I think it's pavement racing in general. Sure. That's how pavement racing in general, if a guy gets wrecked and he's still moving, if he can get to the pits, they let it go. Yeah. I mean, they do. In any form, almost any form of pavement racing at any pavement track I've been to, as long as he's still moving... They let it go, but you start adding fluids into the situation, and it and it changes everything. And Zach, uh, on the phone lines now, we we're going to have a gentleman that's going to get uh, an upfront look in 2024 at the SA Stars National Tour. Uh, he is the owner and promoter of Owasso Speedway. Great to have him back on the program, Rex Wheeler. Welcome in. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. All right, here's the deal. Uh, we said we were going to talk to you when the season was over, and you had your banquet, so. Let's get your grade on your uh, inaugural season up there at Owasso. Uh, we had a heck of a season and uh, very proud uh, beyond our our dreams of uh, the support that we had with the racers and the race fans at Owasso Speedway. We were speechless. Once you got into it, I know you announced all the plans that you were going to do in your first year, and you had a five-year plan. But once you got into it, how much more did you realize that maybe you were missing? Well, first of all, uh, it takes a long time to get supply change. Like we're working on aluminum bleachers right now, and you're looking at 10 months out to get aluminum bleacher board. So one thing is it's going to take probably a little longer than we thought to get the place done. But uh, as far as the amount of work involved, I had no idea uh, it was going to be this much work. It's We have a team of people working on this and it's coming together but oh it's definitely uh, a huge undertaking you get to see everything uh from a different perspective uh here over this last you know what do you want to call it five six months or so um 
And I just wonder what the relief is to now officially have it all behind you, right? The banquet is that last thing that you that you do to complete season number one. Obviously, the upgrades to the facility and the racetrack are still ongoing. Um, but what is the... Is there any sort of relief now that the banquet's over and you've got year one under your belt, or, or is it just all still, you just continue to roll over as you get to season two? No, it's definitely, uh, you know, kind of like Monday with football or uh, or with, you know, NASCAR. You know, you regroup a little bit Monday morning and take a deep breath, and Tuesday you're back at it. But it, it's definitely uh, a relief that, that it's all done and the banquet's over. But, again, we got such great, team of people here you know my wife one of the hardest working persons on our team she let up a ton with the banquet uh and you know my nephew dennis uh, wheeler um working with everybody so i I really got it made i i got such (laughs) good strength behind us we pull together and and uh so it's definitely a relief there is such thing as an off season uh as far as being able to breathe a little bit don't have to you know, you know, know that we're practicing Wednesday and racing Saturday, but it, it's definitely. Don't get me wrong; we're not taking any days off. We were. Uh, I don't want to say critical, Rex, but we were very upfront when when you first came on the scene about um, how much money you had planned out with this this plan that Rich had mentioned, and um, you know the 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 amount of money that you plan to invest. And I don't. I want to say that we were naysayers, but we definitely were. Um, I don't even know if concerned is the right word, Rex, but I think everybody kind of had the same thing of, we'll believe it when we see it. And and that was meant no disrespect, but just we've heard that same cry before of, you know, boy cries wolf. Um, but this year, I felt like you guys really, you really wanted to prove it. Every week that you showed up at Owasso Speedway, there was a new improvement. Something new had been done. Um, how important was that to you personally to make sure that people saw that what you said you were going to do, you absolutely are doing it. And you mentioned at the MSPA meeting, which again, you know, that those things in, in that meeting are intended for people there, but I think that you'll be okay with this part of, you know, if something happens and, you know, all of a sudden we're getting behind, we'll change the five-year plan as far as, okay, maybe now it's a seven-year plan to get these bleachers put in or this done, but we're still going to do these things. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, you always build a company and wrap hardworking people around you. So, you know, we have, being a short track, we have a 5 o'clock p.m. Uh, Wassel Speedway meeting. Some people that are in this meeting, they have day jobs, so they got to go to work Monday, but then they show up at this meeting afterwards, and we talk about what went wrong Saturday and what needs to be fixed by next Saturday. And there's a few of us, me and a few others, that might have already been working on it on Sunday, but... Uh, absolutely. When things went wrong, uh, we knew that we had to fix this by next Saturday, and, and we pulled together. And, uh, again, it's not one person. We had 68 different names working at Owasso Speedway this year, and about eight or ten of them are good leaders. Um, so we just you pull together, you work hard, and, and it's amazing what you can do when everybody has the common goal, and the love for that speedway is just amazing. Rex, we were able to see each other a handful of times this year. I made it up to your place a couple times. And 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 this was unique to me. When I, I went up in the tower and we were talking, you were asking my opinion on things. And I said, I'm just an announcer. I said, you know, you go ahead and go to work and I'll talk about it. I have no problem with that. But 
you, you talk to a lot of people to get their feelings on what do you like here and what do you like there, what don't you like. Um, did you learn a lot from different people this year? You know, Rich, it's, it, yeah, I'm like a sponge. It's, uh, I, as a race fan my whole life, I thought I might have knew a little bit about racing when I bought this racetrack. And to be honest with you, I did not know much at all what truly happens for the amazing people in this racing industry, the, really what happens behind the, the scenes. So I'm a sponge. I'm going to learn. I'm going to talk to people from uh, everybody. From It doesn't matter if they're 25 years old or 65 years old. I want to learn. Um, I, I love the sport, and I'm going to continue to ask questions. So that's that's what I do. You're not the only one. I ask anybody sits still for a minute. I'm full of questions. So let's let's kind of look at everything now. You got through the 2023 season, and um, you guys haven't taken a break. You're trying to take advantage of this weather. What do you guys got going in progress now? Well, immediately, uh, as soon as the Saturday night race was over, uh, we started construction on the infield Monday morning. So two days later, basically what we're doing to the infield, you know, it was a grassy dirt infield, and when you look within the walls of the speedway, the race surface, it, it's a six-and-a-half-acre funnel. And here we are working in the bottom of a six-and-a-half-acre funnel, trying to get proper drainage in. The drainage there is, is no good, and, uh, and get hard surface and concrete put down. So we have to utilize every day that Mother Nature allows us to get down in that middle. And if it rains, we got pumps going, and we're cleaning it up. So... What we're doing right now is we're working on the infield. It's all going to be concrete. It will not be asphalt. And that's because of what we're going to do down there in the infield. We want concrete. So uh, the race fans will see a complete concrete infield, and they're going to see a new catch fence installed on that 1,200 linear foot of wall that starts at turn two and goes to turn four. That will all be the first thing they see when they sit in the grandstands on the south side of the track looking to the north next year and we talked about this you know i mean we even talked about it when i when i was the last time i was up there with you uh everybody's thinking well why do you got to concrete the infield well you have some series coming in um that are pretty much need a pit road for next year that's right so there's there's going to be multi-purposes on the infield it's it's there's going to be a figure eight track there's going to be it's going to be able to be used for pit road for some of these big races so we are not putting any permanent concrete walls on the inside of the track um, we are going to we're working with a local concrete company to actually build portables where we can move these concrete barriers but we're building them the way we want done and we have heavy equipment to move them so that way if we're having a figure eight race we can move them if we want to make pit road for an ASA race, uh, we can put those pit. We can we can move those and put those in for that event. This is part of uh, a, a, that really big plan as well. So you do the infield um, for those who maybe have come to Owasso Speedway over the last year. The ledge on the back straightaway served a purpose, and you guys even posted a video here. Uh, I think it was last week. The new catch fence is is being erected right now too. So long term. We mentioned that the series that you're going to bring in in 2024 that need an infield and a pit road, you have some really big long-term goals to where pretty much any series in the nation 
could come and race at Owasso Speedway. Uh, you want no limitations on what you guys can do there. Yeah, guys, it's amazing. Uh, we've, we've been so blessed. When we bought the Speedway September 30th of 2022, it was 37 acres. Today, we bought four additional parcels, and we own 159 acres. That entire property, wow. the architects and engineers has it completely used up with 203 15-foot-wide, 100-foot-long concrete pit stalls, so we can bring in any size hauler. If it's a an old Chevy pickup pulling a tow-behind trailer with a <laughs> street stock on it, or if it's uh, you know Kyle Larson coming in with a full semi and a stacker trailer, um, our pits are going to be set up to be able to, to house anybody and uh, the rest of the property is all campgrounds, parking for the race fans, uh, and so on. So on paper, we need every acre we got. And it's been pretty cool, too. Uh, talk about working with, and I know every business owner and every person who has ever uh, wanted to expand or do anything knows that it can be a headache, but working with the township that you're in and, and the county that you're in, um, these folks are really on your side. They want to see you do what you're doing. Yeah, they do. They've been, well, first of all, wheeler trucking and the regular uh, people that I got working for me, and we're the second biggest employer in Shawasi County. We got a great reputation. We, we live right. We do what we tell them we're going to do. And uh, so we already have support from the county from, uh, from our day jobs. And when you know, we went to them first, and said, hey, this is what we want to do, this is what we want to do out there. And they kept saying, well, put your wish list on paper. There's rules, there's guidelines, it's got to fit. But um, that racetrack has been there since 1939, and uh, the things that we're looking to do, they don't see a problem with it. So um, that's what we do. We constantly communicate with them, and uh, they have, at public meetings, the leaders have said things like, we are the shining star of Shawasi County. They are very excited to have a Wassel Speedway um, right there where uh, everybody can enjoy it. All right, so now let's we've, we've wrapped up 2023. You're heading into 2024, and you released the schedule, and it was a big deal for you, I think. Um, you know, I, I think everybody was kind of happy with 2023. You brought the, the Jagster in, Master of the Pros 184 you had in there, and you brought the Outlaws back in a big way in 2023. Now you're taking it a step further. You're saying, hold my beer. You're bringing the ASA <laughs> Stars National Tour and an SRL event to Owasso in 2024. Yeah, so we raced uh, on the schedule for 23. We had 22 Saturday nights. Uh, we got 20 of those events in. We only had two rainouts at the beginning of the season. So when we get into 2024, we start our opening night on Saturday, April 27th and we race 22 Saturdays in a row again. But we also add six destruction and figure eight races on Sunday. That's one a month. And then we also have the Wednesday night event, the Bob Finley Memorial. So with all that said, we got 29 events uh, next year. And there's, there's one, if you look at, we're racing Saturday, we're racing destruction Sunday, the Bob Finley on a Wednesday, and we're racing again on Saturday. And these ain't, these these are big events. There's you know we're having four races in eight days. All right, Rex. Uh, with this schedule highlight, um, what are some events for you? I love doing this. 
to promoters and, and to, you know, when, when the new schedule comes out, obviously everyone's important to you because it's your, it's your baby, it's your racetrack. But I also know from talking with you that you're a race fan at heart. That's why you do this. So what are some events on your calendar that you're really looking forward to this year? Well, first of all, we love all the divisions and, uh, you know, we need everything from the mini wedges and front wheel drives on up, but, um, to definitely, you know, be honest as a race fan and get my, my blood going, the modified sure are exciting. The outlaw super late models, I can't even sit down there. They're so exciting. And now looking at the template body cars, you know, that's something new to me, uh, getting used to where the template body cars more fit the nation, you know, running all the way down into Florida and, and, and all over the place. So we knew the premier track that we want to be to where we bring in six, eight, ten big races a year at Owasso Speedway. We know we have to get the template body guys there. So, again, I've been like a sponge. I was at the Winchester uh, 400. I would have been at the All-Star 400 down at Nashville, but it happened to be our banquet this year, so I wasn't able to do that. So, Right now, if you had to ask me, um, the Hot Shoe 100, awful excited about that event. I'm really excited, guys, about the, the Down Syndrome event at Bertrand yeah, Speedway. Yeah. You know, Wheeler Trucking is a sponsor of that, and uh, what a great event that is. And the Lakotas and, you know, uh, Birch Run and everything they've done to put on that event. What I really like about that event is I don't have to work. I get to go watch it. <laughs> Yeah, and that, that's, a, that's a great benefit of that, too. Um, Rex, let's talk about some things that maybe aren't uh, necessarily the highest on the list of fun things to talk about. Um, but I think it's important for your fans and for your, for your drivers. And maybe you did talk about this at your, uh, at your banquet over the weekend. But um, there, was a pretty substantial, uh, there was a pretty substantial roster change after your last race of the season. And obviously that is always a door open to speculation and to concern. Um, but t- tell me about your process of putting a team together again for 2024. Well, exactly. And, you know, when, when people look back and people ask me about Jeff Parrish, Jeff Parrish did wonderful things for Wasso Speedway. He never did one thing wrong with me. I guess the way I try to do it, guys, and the way I look at it, it's, it's looking at a football team that trades a good athlete, right? You trade a really good athlete for one you think's just a little bit better. I chose to make a change, and uh, um, so I have to live with that. Um, I am looking very high standards. I'm looking at uh, I'm going to have four uh, people in the next uh, season here that are going to be full-time at Owasso Speedway. That is, that's their day job. And by the time we get to where we're going in five or six years, we're going to have as many as eight, nine, ten people that live this year-round um, for what where we're going to with it. And it doesn't matter what you do in life. If you can dedicate the time to it and you put your head to it and you work hard, it's going to be great. You know, Rex, I, I thought it was cool when all this was going down and, and when you first, you know, back in the spring or even before when, when you released your plans and, and – everything that you were going to do, but, and normally you think, you know, he's not going to do any, he's got enough involved here at Owasso, but you have really reached out. You, you reached out to support the downright awesome event uh, in a huge way at Birch run. Um, and you are now a presenting sponsor uh, for the Midwest modifieds tour. Um, 
didn't what you have there at Owasso, was that not enough for you? <laughs> well, I tell you, we're not looking for any more to add to the, to the <laughs> roster. I tell you that, um, you know, race car drivers, you know, they all need help and they're not shy to ask for help. And we've got our plate full on that aspect as well. Cause there's just so much great talent around Michigan. I wish we could help them all. But we can't, but yeah, there's three big things we're doing outside of Owasso and it's going to help promote uh, mainly Owasso Speedway. Uh, you know, I've, all of us in the racing industry knows that Wheeler Trucking and Owasso Speedway goes together. But, you know, starting the first Saturday in February, we're the main event sponsor for the Sioux 500 snowmobile race. That's a three-year deal. Uh, Owasso Speedway is the main event sponsor there. And then you go into April 6th. You know, we're going to be down at Bristol Motor Speedway with the Modifieds. Um, and then you get into June 1st, we're, you know, with the downright awesome event at Birch Run. Um, that's enough. We, we don't want to go any beyond. We got our own plans. And, uh, when I mentioned to you guys, the infield and the catch fence, that's what's happening right now. We're out for bid right now on the rest of what's going to happen in 2024, uh, which is going to be built. Race fans and drivers are going to see construction going on throughout the 24 season. But by the 25 season, this next phase of, phase of construction will be ready for our 25 season, and that's a huge, huge chunk coming. So when they come to that first race in April to that last race at Owasso Nationals, they're going to watch grandstands get built on the north side. They're going to watch a three-story building get built in turn three. They're going to see concrete pits get extended, the new tech barn get built, the concessions in the pits get built. Um, there's going to be fenced-off areas that we make safe so the kids or nobody can get to them. There will be construction going on all throughout the 2024 season, which makes me really excited to talk about the 25 season. I just love all the staff you've put together. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about a couple of our friends that we work with here uh, on Horsepower Happenings. That, of course, uh, Chris Phoebe and, uh, and, and uh, Roger Williams and, you know, it was pretty cool when you brought those two together. Roger, of course, uh, had virtually no pavement experience. It had been a long time. And then Roger and Chris's personalities are just so separate. Uh, but those two, man, what a booth they put together in 2023 and, and how much fun the fans were able to have. And um, I think not focusing in on those two specifically because it does take – it takes the whole army, but – just all of the people that you put together, Rex, from security to the announcer's booth to ticket takers, um, just again, you, you have found some really great people to be a part of your team. I tell you, we're blessed, and uh, we call them all family. And, yeah, Roger and Chris, uh, you know, during all those times, you guys know as announcers, sometimes you get your plate full when you're trying to clean up those oil spills and keep the, the fans engaged. And those two goofballs just crack everybody up. <laughs> I also want to ask you uh, about your sponsorship, pro or not really program, but your sponsorships, because you've been announcing here over the last week some title sponsors for your divisions. And I think it's key for a guy like you who people look at probably and say, well, all the money this guy's throwing around, what does he need? To, you know, what does he need financial support for? He's, you know, he's throwing it around on his own. But your sponsors, I mean, what a great help they are for you to be able to, you know, put these purses together, put these championship payouts together, and, and build this really rock-solid schedule from April through September. 
Well, guys, listen, I'm a businessman. So if you if you invest ten dollars, some point you gotta get ten dollars back. Where these sponsors come in is number one, what does it do to pull in and see Rex Wheeler or Wheeler Trucking is the only sponsor there, right? We want a, a team of sponsors. We want their names. We want their partnerships. But really, what those for us, what those partners are doing, they're driving the cost down for the race fan to get in the gate, and they're they're help providing these great purses to these drivers. So really, that's what's happening. Me on the investment end, at some point, you know, we need to be able to get money back. It's going to be over a long time. But if it wasn't for our sponsors, you know, we actually lowered prices for 2024. So the 2023 season, we were $14 in the front gate and $32 pit passes for every single show, regardless of what the show was. 2024, we're holding that $14 in the front gate and those $32 pit passes for every single show, but we're also discounting seniors, first responders, and active military $12 in the front gate. You know, show them a little bit of respect. It's only two bucks off, but it's a big deal to our seniors, first responders, and active military just to show them they're appreciated. Our sponsors is the one that helped drive that cost down. We've been talking about all the positives and everything that uh, that has gone, you know, really well in 2023. Um, let's let's talk about growth here. What is what is a couple of things or one thing that you look back on at 2023? And again, you already mentioned this when there was a problem. You were already working on Sunday or Monday on how to fix it. And really, when you look at social media, I think you guys really won the social media battle for the most part. Um, but what is something that you look at in 2024 and you say? Here's an area that we as Owasso Speedway are going to be better. Well, there's tons of things. Number one, we don't need to be racing until 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. And we got so overwhelmed with the amount of race cars that showed up, and Jeff Parrish uh, did a great job putting together a year one schedule. Uh, but what happened was, guys, we just had too many divisions and uh, in one night. So two, a couple things we're doing to fix that. Because when you got a problem, you obviously got to fix it. Number one is we're starting at 6 o'clock on Saturday nights uh, going forward. So all of our shows will start an hour earlier next year. And as a prime, as looking across those 22 weeks, we cut out most nights, we cut out one division. So that way we've heard from our drivers. They want to have some heat races. We've heard from the fans. They want to see some different things instead of a feature-only event. So – you know, we've chucked in a little bit of heat from some of our race divisions because they can't get enough of the Wasso and they want to race 22 nights, and, <laughs> and we couldn't do it. But we had to go through, and we were fair across the board. We cut four street stocks out, four uh, pier stocks out, four front-wheel drives out. We tried to – and that's across the season, so it's not a ton. But uh, – um, and, you know, we, we had them pulling for us to get more on here, but we just – we can't do it. The race fans, if they come in at 6 o'clock, we think by about 10, 10.30, they've had a good night, four, four and a half hours racing, maybe five hours of racing, they're ready to go home. We started at 7 o'clock, and many times we didn't finish at 2 o'clock in the morning. That was a seven-hour show. Everybody was wore out, and uh, we don't want to do that. We heard that loud and clear from our race fans, and the, the last division that got to race that night they weren't very happy neither. They, you know, they sit in the pits and got to race at one, two o'clock in the morning. 
Rex, I got to talk to a lot of people as well because I did, you know, it's easy to walk through the stand and everybody says this is great, right? Um, I, I look out there and you look at one end of the other and, it, and it's nothing but all you see is a, a grandstands full of people. But you start talking to people and, and I wanted to find out something that they didn't like, right? I probably, I bet the last time I was there, I talked to 20 people and they said too many caution flags all night long and they go too long. It was that one of the things that kind of contributed to your late nights? Yes. And things that we, that we run into is, you know, most nights we couldn't put safety trucks down in the center of the track because it was muddy, poor drainage, grass, dirt down there. So we had to have them around the corner. And, and then when you hide them around the corner, sometimes your safety guy gets out of the safety vehicle because there's nothing going on. And then all of a sudden there's something going on the track. He's got to get back in his truck. Next year, those safety vehicles are going to be parked right in the middle, and each one of those safety people are going to be in their truck ready to go. Uh, we're going to add a little bit more equipment. We're going to add another blower, another uh, uh, floor grinder uh, sweeper. we got to be able to get those wrecks cleaned up quicker and, and move the show on just a little bit faster. Um, we we all like to listen to Roger and Chris, but we don't want to listen to them 30 minutes at a time. I, didn't, I was waiting going. for you to say that. I wasn't going to say that. I was going to let you come up with that part on your own. Uh, all right, Rex. Uh, let's talk about this quickly here as we wrap up. Uh, what a banquet you had. 600 people, you were telling me, roughly 600 people attended this banquet. Does that light your fire, um, or are you ready for a little bit of a break here uh, in, the, in the next coming months? No, we're, uh, you know, we rest, we're, we're already rested up from the banquet. We're ready to go. So um, the banquet, you know, Destiny, uh, Sarah, my wife, Sarah, um, my nephew, Dennis, um, his wife, uh, our, several of our other employees, Sam, the head of, head of our safety department, everybody went to work and put together a great banquet and uh, just absolutely amazing, very stunning our race fans loved it. Our drivers loved it. We got to honor them very well. So until we build our hall off to the west of our track for way later on in our, our plans, we're going to go ahead and, and plan on having our future banquets up at Soren Eagle simply because there's not a venue in Shawasee County big enough to house 600 people. And I got a good feeling next year we better plan on seven or 800 <laughs> excitement's really going. Um, so, guys, I did want to mention, you know, looking at the plan, I'm constantly updating race fans and my friends and partners what our plans are to Wasso and our seating and all that. Talking to contractors, we're out for bid now. I really wanted to have a lot more seats for the 24 season, and it's not going to happen. They're going to get built in 2024, but they're not going to be ready for, for people to sit on them until our 25 season. So, you know, we're going to go into our 24 season seating 5,000 people. And when we break into our 20, I'm sorry, our 2024 season, we're going to sit 5,000 people. But when we get into 2025, we're going to sit a little over 13,000 people. So we had two sellouts this year, and we averaged, averaged 3,268 fans a night. That's average. So I, what I see happening in 2024 with excitement, with the template late model cars, supers that are coming, the outlaw shows that are coming, I got a good feeling we're going to sell out a lot more than twice in our 24 season because we are limited 
to those 5,000 seats. Well, I know, I, I know, Zach, I missed the nights that lowered that average because it, yeah. was anywhere, it wasn't anywhere close to that when I was there. You had, you had, you had your shuttle drivers working wrecks and, your, and the grandstands were just full. It was just unbelievable. Yep, that was an overall average. And keep in mind, we back off the schedule uh, hard to, to honor the downright syndrome event at Birch Run. So, again, all the numbers average for the season. We became the number one tourist attraction in Shawasi County uh, year one of our, our ownership of the track. It used to be the steam engine locomotive that runs out there at Christmas time. I guess they move uh, about 40,000 people through that event at Christmas time, and that was the number one attraction. And we figured we moved 88,000 people wow. through our seats in 2023. That's great stuff. Rex, uh, good stuff that you've already put out, an aggressive schedule, a fun schedule, and and really a schedule that's going to bring more and more people to Owasso Speedway, more and more people to Michigan Motorsports, which is something that we can all appreciate and all enjoy. OwassoSpeedway.com, Owasso Speedway on Facebook is where people can go to get updates and see what's happening. And, uh, of course, Rex, uh, I know that people can reach out to you anytime as well if they have questions. So, man, thank you so much for making time for us, and congratulations on a great opening season. And I know I speak for a lot of people when we say we can't wait for those gates to open uh, that last weekend in April to get things started for 2024. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much, guys. Time to move on with our next guest, Rich, and it's time to welcome in a champion from 2023. It's been a couple weeks since we've talked to a champion of 2023, but we're going to do a lot more of that here uh, over the next few weeks. Got the job done back home at Berlin Raceway. He calls Wyoming, Michigan home. And Brian Campbell, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And so what a season for you, and let's talk about that, man. Uh, I think that you had... And I said the same thing with Rex when we were talking to him. I think that we added to that a little bit, too, in, in some of our conversations. But there were some question marks about where you were at in your career as far as, you know, competition level. It had been a while since we saw you go to Victory Lane. Uh, you kind of shut us up here over the last season <laughs> in 2023. Just talk about getting back to championship form, how important that was for you. Well, you know, we, we strive to get on the podium. We strive to get on consistency and that's something we've been lacking. Um, obviously lacking in, uh, in the ability of the, of the, of the team, the, you know, the show and the finishes. And, and this year, you know, we would rather have had a whole mess of wins. Um, but our consistency thrive, you know, we had, we had fast times. We had, um, a bunch of top, top twos, top threes. And, uh, we were always in contention, um, and just, just kept racking up points, you know, and that was our goal for the year. Just kept racking up points and get to the podium. And, and, uh, at the end of it, we, uh, we ended up on top. It's a little bit different Berlin raceway, uh, with, with people that you're competing against for championships and cars that you're competing about against, which I want to talk about more in depth a little bit later on, but, um, just the evolution of the sport kind of not around you it's including you brian but what's it been like now to you know you're now racing for championships against evan shotko's and andrew shides and maybe not the guys that you were racing for championships uh, a couple of years ago what's that evolution been like for you sure yeah i mean you, you know yeah you just start out and and we were the young ones right and now i'm the old ones and uh and race against a bunch of kids and i've raced against their dads and um you know and they're good the kids are awesome the kids are hungry um, the kids are, are, are a talent, you know, it's exactly what, what's expected of them and they can drive the heck out of cars. So it's a, 
it's a fun experience to run against the kids and I, I, I keep, that's why I go to the gym every day to keep, <laughs> to keep myself fit, yeah. <laughs> to keep up with them, man. I'm telling yeah, you, it's, it's sure. tough. It's really tough. Well, and the other thing too, Brian, is some of these kids are kids that you've taught. And, and I can remember, I was, I was nowhere near as talented as an Evan Chotko and Andrew Scheid. But when I was a, a child racer, I had an older guy help me and he, and then I went out there and beat him. Uh, the next week, and he goes, "I'm never teaching you another damn thing ever again." Um, no. <laughs> but what, what's it been like? What has it been like to be a mentor to these kids who are coming up? No, it's good. They, you know, they they ask questions. I mean, the, some of them do, some of them don't. You know, but the ones that do, I, I always take a time, and at least I, I think I do, anyways. Um, I try to take time and 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 answer them and 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 answer them thoroughly and answer them logically and truthfully and uh, cause that's how the sport's going to thrive. You know, there's no sense messing around. If I can't beat them on the track, then what, what the hell sense is it? You know? Um, so I'm not going to lie to them about anything. And so I enjoy that. I enjoy the kids coming up. I enjoy the, you know, Berlin's got mini wedges. Berlin's got little four cylinders and those kids come up and their dads bring them up and we talk about things. We talk about car control and, and, and the way to get around the little mini wedge track. So that's, you know, it's it, you can take it in a step further. It's, it's coming down to the five-year-olds and the seven-year-olds that are coming up. You gotta, you gotta do that to keep the sport alive. Brian used to consistently. And, and only reason I say used to is because it's been a little bit reduced. You had no problem going out on the road and performing real well, right? You travel yeah. a little bit here and there. Uh, you know, we've seen you down at Cordial where you had a great car. Um, when you when you were going through your inconsistencies, did you guys was it a conscious effort to say we got to fix this and we got to do it back home first? Yeah, that's that's where it started. Um, absolutely, it was. You know, we we, we definitely didn't have a few good years and we, and we just kind of stopped traveling on purpose, um, came back home, got our stuff together. Um, but now it's, it's, you know, we're all, we're all getting older. All the guys are getting older. You know, the, my dad's getting older. Um, you know, we're, we're, you know, I mean, I'm the youngest one at 44 and they're, you know, fifties, sixties and seventies. So it's tougher on everybody right now to, to travel. Um, I think, I, I, I think that we would like to, um, but like I said, it's, it's awful tough to do that. Brian, let's uh, look at your results here in 2023 at Berlin Raceway. Um, dude, you finished outside the top 10 twice. Um, yeah. What an, impressive, what yeah. an impressive result, right? Uh, running through it quickly. Second, second, first, 13th, June 7th, forget it. Uh, fourth, fourth, third, sixth, 13th, August 9th, beginning of the month, not your jam, that's fine. Uh, third and fourth to finish it out on September 9th. Um, man, frustratingly, frustratingly consistent for you, I would say, in 2023 to, to be that close to the front, but damn it if you could get to victory lane a couple more yeah. times. Yeah, you know, it, it is. You know, we we buried ourselves by qualifying first or second just about every single week. So we we, we buried ourselves back in 10th and 11th and 12th and trying to um, trying to get through there. It, you know, and it's, it's tough. The competition's tough there. Uh, Berlin guys are, are as tough as always. And, and it, but how can you be upset about what you just said about the consistency there? You, you can't hardly be angry about it because you're putting yourself in contention to to go get a job done. It's just, you know, this year just, it didn't work out for wins. It just kept pointing them to death, I guess. Nine top tens and 11 starts for those who couldn't keep track yeah. <laughs> uh, of the, uh, of the countdown there, which is pretty good. Uh, and then, you know, you went out and you did do some stuff, right? We saw you at some of those Jegs races and 
just stupid stuff, right, man, which is part of our sport. You know, you get jacked mm-hmm. up early in a race and a rear end goes out or a tire goes down and just, you know, ridiculous stuff that just makes you uh, want to pull somebody else's hair out uh, because it's just so frustrating. Yeah, exactly. But it is always fun to come. You know, you got to go to Wausau, got to go to Toledo, two great tracks. Um, dumb stuff happened fast in both. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just didn't get the finishes, you know. That's okay. And what? But, and Rich kind of – sorry, Rich, just real quick. And Rich kind of alluded to this, too. You go back to Berlin, a concentrated effort to refine yourself and your team to refine yourself. Those branching out efforts where where you're not able to show what you're capable of behind the wheel – how frustrating are those for not only just like frustrating in the moment, but do you go home the trip home and you're like, man, what are we a one trick pony now? Or, or do you, are you able to stay out of your head about those things? And by the way, I'm not accusing you of being a one trick pony. We love you. We think, we think you're a great race car driver. We've seen it. It's just guys getting a slump. And, you know, I just wonder about the mental side of that. Yeah. Well, let's just take, take a wasso, for example, you go down there or do a test session fast guy, qualifying the pole, you know, fast time. Um, and, and I come out of the, come out of that, that pill draw and I didn't draw the greatest, but I tell all the guys, I'm like, they're going to have to, them guys are going to have to bring something nice to beat us. I and mean, this thing's pretty good. And lap one, lap four and lap 12, was like a pinball and the car gets beat up and I can't do anything. Um, so that's just, it's completely out of our hands. We, we knew we brought a bullet to the racetrack that, I'm telling you, if it would have been just a flip side of that, we would have been just fine, you know. Um, and then Toledo, it, it, the car was didn't qualify well. That's my own fault. I I dumb that up. And the car moving through the field was just fine. It was going to finish somewhere top three, top four, like we always do there, if not win the race. And I just just dumb dumb stuff happened coming through the field, you know. So no, mentally it's fine. Um, I, I, I'm confident in the ability. Um, You've been doing this long enough you you can kind of shake those things off. What's that? Say that again? I say you've been doing this long enough now that you've kind of built a tolerance you can shake those things off. Yeah, exactly. As long as you bring a fast car to the racetrack, it's, you know, confidence levels there. And, and Brian, I got to stick up for you a little bit here because, you know, I want to make sure people don't think, oh, he went home and that was easier. Oh, heck no. Not if if you, um, if you don't go to Berlin Raceway on a weekly basis and watch the drivers from top to bottom in that super late model class, you don't get a night off. Yeah, no, no, I have them come up there and have them race with us. If they want to <laughs> they think it's easy, it's not easy, <laughs> not easy at all. There's a lot of tough kids, a lot of tough competition there every single week. I want to ask you about the evolution of this racetrack uh, and this division. We are talking about the, uh, is it still Budweiser Super Late Models? Is that right? I want to get it marketing corrected for Berlin. Um, no, it's the. Um, uh, I put the champion uh, on the spot. Uh oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, it's Brian. The tool company in Grand Rapids. Yes, oh, man. Uh, that's right. Uh, and, and all I can think of right now is model coverall, which that's something else. So we'll, uh, nah, we, we will I'm, find I'm this. screwing that up bad. We will find this before the interview's over. We will get sweet redemption. That's all right. We'll, we'll get a call from Stream <laughs> in the morning. That's all right. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 yeah, uh, yeah. But, but regardless, this super late model division, Brian, I've been talking to so many guys who aren't running super late model engines anymore. Um, and it seems like the complexity of Berlin hasn't changed, I don't think. Uh, what has changed to where guys now are saying, you know what, crate engine's the way to go. We're going to race for super late model money with a crate engine underneath the hood. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's a benefit or not a benefit, and we, we did we did both. We our, the one win we had this year was was with a was with a super engine. Um, so I don't I don't know if it's a benefit. Um, I, I think it's just whatever you can get. I think it's an equal footing. I, I, like I said, I don't think there's a benefit of it. Um, the tires, the fall off. Um, I think it's conducive to both. Um, both of the big races uh, this year, the long races were won by supers, um, not crates. So yeah, I, I, again, I, I think it's just a, um, a, a way people are going to get into the, into, into the sport. It's a little bit less expensive, but I, I don't think it's conducive to one or the other. Are you going back and forth, Brian, trying the crate and, and the yes. super motor going forward? Yeah. Or you have two separate cars, one for each. Yep. Two separate cars, one for each. And we, and we, we dabble with both, you know, so what are you guys looking at just to start? I had to get to this because, uh, you know, Owasso released their schedule. And, um, man, Master of the Pros 185 this year. Uh, ASA Stars National Tour, SRL race, all at Owasso. Um, you're gonna, I got to believe you got to go put those oh, on yeah. the schedule, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be, we'll be at one or all of them. It just kind of depends on how Berlin goes and kind of what we choose to do. Um, I, I can't imagine us not, not doing the Berlin thing again. Um, unless something, I don't know, something crazy happens, but, um, but yeah, for, for, for those races, you know, an hour and a half away from home, yeah, definitely we'll be, we'll be over there playing around. That's for sure. You know, the other thing I think about that too, and obviously we have a little skin in this game, but I also just CRA, right? Champion Racing Association, they're rebuilding. Um, they got behind the eight ball and then they got sunk in the corner pocket. And so, now it's like uh, put your quarters in, reset, and, and you know, re-rack them and try and see what you can come up with. I know next year the person is going to increase uh, for, for a regular show, which has been a lot of the talking point. You own some great statistical numbers with, with CRA. Do you see yourself coming back and, and, and being a part of that program a little bit more? And if not, what is it that keeps you at Berlin? Is it just hard to pass that place on your way to somewhere else? it's 75 laps at four and 5,000 to win a night. Um, it's tough to tell somebody they got to go two hours away for three grand or 2,500. Um, it's tough to tell your owners that or your sponsors that, you know, yeah, it's cool, you know, to go, go out and race, but man, (laughs) financially doesn't make sense. And, and, and everyone in me, I got to look at that, you know, and what makes sense and, and uh, try to make sure the money stretches the entire year. And, and uh, I said, well, look at Berlin. I mean, if, we, if you had Mawasso to race every single week, similar to Berlin, why, why would you leave it? It's a, it's a, it's a great place. It's a beautiful place. They treat you well. They get a bar. It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so, what okay. So what I'm hearing is note to self, add a bar to the CRA command center <laughs> and uh, <laughs> maybe we'll get some more people to come back. <laughs> uh, there you go. Perfect. Oh, no, it, I think, you know, you know, it, it is money, it, 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 but money's not everything. You know, they, it, there's, there's a lot of things that, that, that go into picking a race or picking a racetrack to go to and, and uh, some some is the racetrack, some is the Owasso is one of them places that we're gonna go to, right? Because it's because it's awesome and it's gonna it's a good racetrack. We're not gonna go to, I don't know, we're not gonna go to Anderson because we're not gonna do that. We're just not gonna do that because we're gonna kill our cars. Um, too old, too stuck in our ways to do that anymore. Um, so yeah, we just get to get, we we get the, the opportunity to be picky and choosy. You've earned that but, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but Brian, it helps now. I mean, it just seems like yeah, there you know. 
now you have this ASA Stars Tour and SRL, which you've seen at, at Berlin. They came a couple times this year, I believe. Um, 10, 15, 20 grand a win, that's hard to pass up. Oh, that'll get you going for sure. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's it's really hard to pass up, and that'll that'll keep us, you know, an hour and a half from home. Yeah, you'd be a no brainer not to go to them things. Let's talk about a really cool thing that happened at your home track. You guys got some national recognition, and I want to hear uh, how this was was handled from your seat because the SRX guys. All right, everybody who doesn't know this, you must live under a rock. SRX, obviously, composed of uh, a lot of great superstar drivers supposedly from across the world, but a lot of circle track guys uh, in this year's class. And newsflash, Berlin is not a circle track. Berlin is a racetrack. <laughs> we don't really know what <laughs> shape it is. Um, how much were you involved in that SRX uh, deal, and uh, did you have many phone calls that week or even that day of people looking for help? Yeah, I am. Um, uh, so Richie Lucius, who was Haley Deegan's crew chief, a friend of mine, he he called me up and had me down in the pits with um with him and her and taking her around in the golf cart and being with her through practice and the races. So I was um intimately <laughs> involved during the race and it was a it was a fun experience. That was one of the cooler cooler experiences I can uh, I can tell you that I've uh, experienced as a fan and uh, and being able to to help to help someone out. It was just cool. And what about to you mentioned as a fan? That place was elbows and rear ends. Um, <laughs> even the weather couldn't slow those people down. What, the atmosphere, right? Rich and I couldn't be there, but we watched it on CBS uh, or ESPN, yeah. I believe it was, this year. Um, he gave me chills. Man. He did. Alan, Best awesome. Alan Bestwick comes on the air and is trying to do a pre-race show, and those animals yeah. wouldn't let him. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that it, place was nuts. it was no joke, and it was no TV magic. It was legit. It was, uh, I mean, I got, you know, I got video on my phone that doesn't do it justice of what was going on there. It was, it was, it was insane. They'd be crazy not to come back. <laughs> I can tell you that. They'd be just crazy not to come back to that place. Well, I tell you what, the, um, the action on Twitter man. suggests that they might, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, there's people that are for the people that are against it, but uh, things happen there. Who could have ever expected it to be? It would be that that nuts. Um, and boy, was it! <laughs> it was. It was. It, it was just crazy. I mean, for uh, crying out loud! It, it, for crying out loud! It got the conversation started to have Berlin Raceway immortalized on the iRacing platform, which you know that that platform is made up of the best racetracks across the country uh, across the world. Um, and now all of a sudden we're talking about a fairgrounds in Marne, Michigan, possibly being immortalized just because, uh, you know, yeah. Striegel and everybody were able to pull off this great event. It was, it was awesome. And they did a great job. Um, I, I mean, down, down in the SRX garage. I mean, like Kyle, he kind of knows about Berlin, you know, he's been there a handful of times, but all of the other drivers, um, NASCAR guys, I mean, I was sitting next to Keselowski. He's looking up there. He goes, I've never seen anything like this. Not as a short <laughs> track. This, this is nuts. I was like, I was like, I can't say it's normal because the hell is not, not normal. Right. <laughs> um, but they're all, all, all the NASCAR guys are down there like in awe of it. And that's no joke. They were all very appreciative and very, um, just enjoyed the atmosphere of, of the Berlin fans. But I really, that, that, <laughs> that, that, week, that week was like that all week, wasn't it? Because you had SRX, you had uh, one of the big late model shows. I'm sorry, the schedules blur together. Uh, but you guys had yeah, two we, or three events back to back that the place, if it wasn't sold out, it was, uh, we would call it damn near. Yeah, we had, we had battle at Berlin, what, like seven, six days later. 
wild. Yeah, so we showed up well five days later. So we were there on Tuesday and Wednesday of that, yeah, of that, of that that's next right. week. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brian, you you had made a comment, and I just want to try get a little clear. You said if we go back and do the Berlin thing, so um, and I mean by that I'm assuming you made run for a championship. Um, if you have a conflict, are you going to stay at Berlin or are you going to come over to what? Is that what you're trying to decide what you want to do? Yeah, yeah. That'd be, like I said, it'd be hard to, <laughs> I'll just say, it, it'd be hard to not go to Owasso or to a place close and race for ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. You know, that would be, it'd be hard not to do that. Um, so, like I said, I got to wait till Berlin kind of comes out where we get our, our, uh, our eyes dotted and T's crossed, you know, with our team and we'll figure out what we're doing. But, yeah, Wassel's got some pretty cool races coming up, I can say yeah, that. Yeah, what you should probably do is give Jeff a call and say, you know what, these nights here, we would like a night off. We would love to have a night off for these nights. <laughs> well, I would hope I would hope that all of the, the racetracks in Michigan play nice. I'll say it like that. I will... <laughs> well, Brian, how long have we been doing this? How long? Is, I mean, they, they don't play nice. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody that, plays nice. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, it's, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. So let's look at this, right? I mean, you you look at the schedule that Owasso Speedway has put out. You look at uh, what Berlin Raceway has done over the years. There's a new, uh, you know, there's a new. I don't want to say there's a new sheriff in town, but there's definitely a new person in town. Uh, that is that is kind of stirring up the pot a little bit. If you're Berlin Raceway and you're Jeff Striegel and that management team, obviously, right, they're MSPA members. Everybody is in the same room together. We don't know what happens behind closed doors uh, and what sort of conversations are had, but you don't want to slit each other's throats trying to decide who's going to, you know, have the bigger sandcastle. Um, and, and, and really... It's kind of like the Outlaw Super Late Model program. There are only so many template late models to go around this state. So, uh, you know, yeah, if the big old classic paying, you know, $10,000 to win and $1,000 to start falls on the same Saturday as a Berlin Raceway regular four grand to start race, are both events only going to have yeah. 20 cars when one of them right. should absolutely have 35? Uh, it, right. It's a tricky spot, right? I mean, you're saying it without saying it. I mean, everyone would be smart to... <laughs> to play nice, to play nice in the sandbox. Right. It, it would benefit everybody. And so, I don't know, it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, and, and I guess the other thing I'm saying without saying is Berlin has been the marquee place for quite some time. you got Kalamazoo right there in close second, and, you know, Birch Run has been coming along, but that's on the other side of the state. Now Owasso, kind of in that middle ground, Man, it's making everybody think. <laughs> it's oh, making yeah. everybody well, they, scratch well, their head. Well, they've done so much and so so little time that that you know that you you have to take them serious. They're doing such good things there. Their 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 social media is off the chart. They're they're doing the same. I don't want to say the same thing, but they're doing similar things to what Berlin does, and and, and everyone's recognizing it. And now they're going to put their money where their mouth is and bring in a bunch of big shows. So. Hell yeah, good for Owasso. You know, remember, <laughs> remember what they say, Rich. The uh, sincerest form of flattery is imitation. So uh, yeah, well. <laughs> maybe Owasso Speedway is borrowing a little something out of the playbook, huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> there. I, I tell you, I'll go back to the whole play nice in the sandbox. If they all play nice in the sandbox, everybody will be good. Everybody will win it. You know, especially the racers and the fans. So they don't have to make hard decisions. You know. Yep, and Brian, I remember. I'm, I want to go back a ways. You know, you were 
and, and I don't want to age you any more than you already are, but you were <laughs> you were part of the outlaw models in their heyday, right? When yeah. when you would get when you would get forty or fifty outlaws to the Glass City two hundred, right? Oh yeah, um, yeah. And then you, when you went to Templar cars, outlaws started going downhill, and now they're on a resurgence. Um, yes. How I, I know you follow all forms of racing because you're not doing a whole lot of that anymore. But how do you like what everything what's going with the outlaws from what Rex is doing there with the reveal, the hammer with everybody um, that's kind of going to specials now, except for flat rock. They're going to stay and run them every single week, just like they always have. Uh, but a lot of specials for the outlaws uh, throughout the season. Yeah. It's, it's nothing but good. <laughs> um, love to see it. Glad. I mean, I think TR is, uh, Terry Seneca is building brand new outlaw cars again. You know, he hasn't done that in a number of years. Nobody right, has, right. You, you know, and all of a sudden there's a bunch on the jig and it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's good for everybody. It's good for racing. I mean, we're the only one, well, Michigan, Indiana is really Ohio. They're really the only ones that, that run outlaws and I'm um, like our, the real outlaws, not the, fake outlaws, the real outlaws. <laughs> <laughs> sorry and uh um but uh i don't know man that's where i grew up you know if, if i if i asked uh henry and henry my dad let's go outlaw racing i i i bet you we do in the heartbeat you know my dad would love it um you got and, and it, you got the itch yeah I did. it's getting there man it's getting there <laughs> it is getting there it's uh it's a pretty cool thing to be able to watch and see outlaws run darn near every week for good money different racetracks everyone's got a special everyone's doing different things no one's really running against each other it's it's good they're 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 being smart about it i like it you can almost get if you can get chad finley off the dirt and back on pavement and outlaw then you can do it. yeah amen yeah i understand good point valid point (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah well and the outlaws are almost running an outlaw schedule right you just mentioned it you can go to five different racetracks not overlap on anybody not miss out on car count if if they can manage to do it again right we went through we went through pre-covid where we were just banging our head against the wall because there were five outlaw shows scheduled on top of each other on the same night finally last season it felt like everybody pulled their head out of the sand and and got it right uh and if that keeps happening brian wow uh yeah i think that the possibilities you know, to use a cliche, they might be a little bit endless here on what you could do. If you keep it in that eight to 12 races a year, you might really have some really big shows. Yeah, I agree. There's without question. They, they last year was great. They, they, they did everything. Uh, they did everything right. And, and it showed with, with the car counts, with the racing. Uh, I mean, uh, countless, countless Facebook lives and YouTube videos I was watching. Um, and it, it was just, it was just fun to watch again. It's just cool. Brian, what was cool, just to let you know, to put a to put a top on this one, we did a we did a um, rank rankings, outlaw late model driver rankings, our own little horsepower happenings deal throughout the season, and it was just for outlaw races that occurred in the state of Michigan, and we had almost seventy drivers competing at yeah one at one time or another. The cars are out there. Yeah, they are. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, seventy drivers. That's cool. That is that is that is a big number. Uh, in a what is it, tri-state or or you said just in Michigan? Just in Michigan just events. The races in Michigan. Just in now, Michigan. That, racers in Michigan. Traveled. Yeah, they could have traveled yeah. to Michigan from Indiana or Ohio, but just the yeah. races in Michigan. Seventy different cars were on the track. 
Yeah, that's big time. That's awesome. Well, I like it. let's ask the question that Rich always loves to ask to anybody who's over the age of 35, so don't take offense to it. Um, <laughs> you know, 44, you're not you're in that weird spot for me, in my opinion. You're not old, right? You're not washed up. You're not any of those things. Um, I would venture to say you don't call yourself young anymore. Um, but, right. but, I mean, you look at your career. You look at what you've accomplished. You look at your accolades. You guys are having fun. That's clear, right? Winning is fun. Championships are fun. Is that the most important thing to you now, is, is that time with your dad and that time with your family and just going to the racetrack and cutting loose and having fun? Or are you still hyper-focused on the competitive side? What's that balance? Nah. <laughs> Look, at it. we're having fun. But I always say we have fun when you go out and win races. <laughs> so if if we if we um if we fall back and start finishing, you know, I don't know, outside the top three or four, can you know, consistently, we're not having fun anymore. You know, we're back working, and, and there's not a whole lot of teams that work harder at it, especially when we're when we start doing. It's weird to say it, but when we start doing good, we start working harder because you have to stay there. Absolutely. Um, um, so, you know, we've already tested what three, four times this fall for next year. We've already, we, we, we're, we're cars are coming off jigs, building different stuff. It's, it's fun. So that's, that's also the fun up part of it is, is, is spending the time with my dad, with all the guys uh, building cars and, and, um, you know, that's also part of it, but you still got to go win period. <laughs> you still got to go do it. Ryan, it's been great to have you back on the show. It's been a while since we talked, but uh, and congratulations on your 2023 Super Late Model Championship of Berlin. Uh, all of our champions this year, we give them a chance to uh, kind of mention anybody and and the names on the side of that car that help you get up and down the road. Yeah, this year was new. We had uh, we had Crystal Clean. They're a, they're a large they're a large company out of Chicago. They got a regional regional uh, office here, a couple of regional offices. They they do uh, environmental clean and and they're re refining oil, um, and and we hope to have them back next year uh, as well. And uh, they're our, they were our marquee sponsor. Um, then we had um, Daily Deals. We had uh, Rushi Trucking. We got Seneca Performance. So yeah, the, it's typical guys. And then we we brought on Crystal Clean. So yeah, the, gr- the green the green had me shocked a little bit. I, I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it looked good. I thought it looked real good. We we uh we all were pretty shocked, and uh, Big Fred was um my dad was less than impressed <laughs> uh, until we actually got a woo he was pissed until we got a uh, <laughs> until we got a win then it was then it was okay then it was normal then, I, then everybody liked the green everyone's fine with the green I can yeah, remember we all, know, we all know the old story about green right that's right yeah that's yeah right. yeah well, those guys didn't care I, like we kind of talked about it like. Yeah, we don't care. We want the, the greens on the car. I'm like, oh gosh, all I, right, I, I guess. I can remember when this car first hit the racetrack somewhere, whether it was a test session or something. But somehow that photo got on social media, and it went to our horsepower happenings text group that we have. And whoa, man, you you started yeah. a, a great conversation with the new look. Yeah, uh, this oh, year yeah. I thought it was a, a damn good look. I hope it comes back next year. Yeah, I, yeah, I hope so too. They were they were a good they were a good sponsor, good good guys. Um, not a bad-looking car either. How Not about that? Not a bad-looking car either. So, tell you what, Brian, man, uh, as Rich said, congratulations. Um, I, I have one more question for you, just because Rich brought it up, and then we'll let you go. Um, what does get you back in an Outlaw Super Late model? I think that's the big question, <laughs> right? Because he brought yeah. it up. He brought it up. We talked about how big the class is, all the money they're racing for, 44 years yeah. old. You've done a lot of, of, of things in the template car over the last 10, 15 years. 
when do we see the wedge nose come back to the 47? Man, oh, sorry, we Brian, talked I, about I it. No, no, we, we did. <laughs> we did. We talked about it this year. We, we did. Um, we just, we just decided to, 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 to hang on to the, the second template car and, uh, and go down that road. Um, I know I'm not going to answer the question, but I tell you what, it's definitely in conversation and it's definitely getting serious because big Fred's pushing for it pretty hard. Hey, so it's, that- uh, we all, and, and I wouldn't mind it. I'm telling you, I wouldn't mind it, especially with them coming back to, to Berlin. You, you got a, you got a Kalamazoo race. You got a, a few Owasa races, Plymouth right down the road, go over to flat rock, go down Toledo. They're, they're all there sitting, <laughs> waiting for you, basically waving at you. So yeah, I know it's, if, it's, it's, getting, you, it's getting tempting. If you, when you got it all, when you got an old man, that's one of the best to ever sit in an outlaw that there's a lot of pressure on that way. Right, Brian. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I'll flip it to once Terry is Terry builds template cars now. Right. But he don't want to build template cars. He wants to build outlaw cars. <laughs> so if I'm telling you, it wouldn't take, it wouldn't take too much twisting to get one of them things built pretty quick. So, so if somebody's yeah. got a, if somebody's got an outlaw car that maybe needs a front clip that Terry can play with, um, <laughs> he might there be able go. to get Brian back in a car, who knows, back in a, a wedge <laughs> body. go. Oh, oh yeah, man. yeah. There'll be deals to be swung. I want that. <laughs> hey, yeah. it's it's November seventh, folks. We have time to make this happen. Uh, <laughs> Brian, man, again, congratulations, uh, dude. Uh, great run here. Glad to see you uh, have such a great season again. I know it was short on wins compared to what you'd like to have, but got the championship wrapped up nonetheless. That one win at Berlin, and then those countless top fives and top tens. Uh, great season for you, man. Good job. Cool. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Rich, fun show, and uh, we've had a lot of things to talk about. We talked about High Limit. We talked about Stars. We talked about Owasso Speedway, Berlin Raceway, Brian Campbell. Um, What's left? I I don't really know. Is there anything left to talk about? Upcoming calendar? Well, matter of fact, there is something on the upcoming calendar, Rich. Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club uh, this Saturday has an event going on. Tell us about it. Yeah, we do. It's fan club and, and fan night uh, this Saturday, November 11th at the Comstock Inn in Owasso. Um, so it's 300 East Main Street in Owasso. Uh, it, it's a regular fan club meeting, monthly fan club meeting. So I will be there uh, for sure. Our race speakers, uh, Travis Stemler, Nick Lakota, and Randy Wing will all be there. And I believe they may have one more. Um, they they haven't yet announced, but they will be up there where, you know, that they're going to talk and they're going to answer answer fans questions uh they'll have a 50 50 with additional prize giveaways as well at the end of the night um they'll have a 45 minute concert after the after the meeting and, and the uh and the night with uh country music artist Dwayne spa we've seen him at the birch run speedway he's been out there a couple times this year uh doors open at 5 30 the meeting starts at 6 30 food and drinks are available for purchase there from the comstock inn and as always no charge no charge to attend the fan club event. So I'll be there. Make sure anybody out there that's coming by, make sure you stop over and say hi, please. It's on the tentative calendar for us. I don't know what uh, all we have going on on Saturday. I've been gone several weekends in a row, Rich, and the leaves at my property have been relentless. Uh, so Saturday might be a leaf day for me. Ah, uh, no, nah, bring them with you. <laughs> yeah, bring them with you. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Horsepower Happenings. It's a family day, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, That's going to do it for this episode of Horsepower Happenings. Appreciate everyone's patience as we push it back a day. Thanks to uh, everyone with ASA Stars National Tour in Nashville for the hospitality this weekend. Also, huge thanks 
to Rex Wheeler and Brian Campbell for making time to chat with us. For Ridge France, uh, who uh, takes care of a lot of things throughout the week for Horsepower Happenings. Scott Menland, who pays the bills. I'm Zach Heiser. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.